0: And one thing I think that really like clicked with me as far as being okay to be completely vulnerable is I've never done any of this stuff before. You both have never done any of this stuff before. At the end of the day, the dude that just drove by in the party bus, he's never lived life before. He doesn't know what the heck he's doing. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're doing. I don't have a freaking clue what I'm doing.
1: going back to like your time uh and, and you value time there's that ratio again of time versus money so when you decided to go ahead and up and quit with with emily um all you your main value was time from a percentage of 100 percent, how much of that percentage was focused on the time versus the money
0: uh are you talking like what were you, yeah, so your ratio, if you want to just back put it. Back then? Yeah, back then, back then. Back there was just no, nothing but time. So, like, when we sold when we sold everything, like, clearly we had, we, like, we had to have money to do the trip. So Because, like, right. we, we didn't have remote jobs. Like, we didn't go back into working. Like, we, the way I put it is, like, we retired for a year. Where did you
1: get the money from? All so from the house?
0: Pretty much. Okay. Yeah, we... Equity, uh, equity in it? Yeah. We had our house for three years, and the area had just kind of blown up uh, over the three years. Um, so we were able to capitalize on those profits. Awesome. And it was like 50, 57,000. And then I pulled up my 401k cause I'm like, I'm not going to be a discount tire. Like i right. just take everything out and let's just You're see You're young what
1: too. You can replay. Yeah.
0: Whatever. And, uh, then sold the thing. So we just had a good amount of money stacked up. and like, you know what? This is to last us X amount of times. So yes, we did let live out of the FJ, but we also did it with the intention of going to hotels every so often. Which you did. Yes. More right. than I ever expected. One of the
1: coolest photos that I think I remember seeing you post. There's two that I remember on your Instagram. It's that one that you did at nighttime with your light. That was your like lights uh, by your awning or whatever that was over your tent next to the tree. Yeah, such a cool. So
0: That's elephant butt, um, New Mexico. New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So that picture, Mexico.
1: and then also when you were in Chicago, I think it was Chicago. You guys were on the street the tent folded open or one of like a super busy city street
0: uh it's snowing yes that was new york okay so fucking cool i was like they are camping
1: (laughs) in this middle of the damn city in new york in this like i i thought those were awesome so again caleb will have to plug his uh instagram but you guys gotta go like follow his page and he's been doing really good and um yes not only not only you're traveling you didn't just travel you actually decided to To develop a skill that you had no experience with whatsoever, kind of. So, well, tell tell the listeners about that because I think that's crazy because you do that now. It's a it's one of your sources of income.
0: Yeah, it's a source of revenue now. Um, so the reason I say I didn't like uh, kind of is because I didn't decide to do it. So going back to my grandmother and my grandfather and them, them, uh, and that whole situation. Um, they went on the two trips. They went to Hawaii was the first one, and then they went to the Grand Canyon. And in the process of going to the Grand Canyon, they wanted to take a picture, and they went with some friends, and they're older friends, like, just uh, two couples, and they're seven years old, sixties or whatever, um, so technolo- not very technologic- technologically inclined. Um, so she's in the process of taking a picture of my grandparents, and she accidentally hits the record button. And so she hits the record button and, like, films, films the process of trying to take a photo and the confusion. And in those videos, you kind of like hear my grandmother say like ha oh, like it's okay, don't worry about it. Um, here, just do this, and like you get to hear her audio and her her voice, and then you get to hear like what her facial expressions are, or you get to see her facial expressions, and then you also get to hear her voice. And my grandfather, um, like after she passed away, he took over my grandmother's phone because it was nicer and newer and da 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 da. And um, on that phone was that video. Like he stumbled upon it and come to find out he watches that video probably to this day, which is seven years later, 10 to 15 times a day because he has this little moment of Momo within the last six months of her life and what she sounded like, what she looked like, what her mannerisms were, what her kind of like comedic relief was when she was like kind of laughing at the lady and he cherishes that so much and it made me kind of like reevaluate. Like we've got these devices in our pockets all the freaking time that can capture a lot of things. And most of us only use it for pictures because pictures is a little bit simpler and there's not as much like, um, um, uh, like embarrassment for lack of a better term. Like a lot of people are very shy with video and stuff and it's normal, but so it made me kind of like reevaluate like, all right, I need to take more pictures, but instead of just doing pictures because pictures only capture a 2d still image, I'm going to start documenting it in video and like hear what Emily has to say hear what I have to say that way and if for some reason something happens to me or Emily from now until we die I have footage of what she sounds like, what I sound like what my mannerisms are what I look like when I walk when sh- what she looks like when she walks so God forbid something happened to both of us our kids now have a very good idea of who his parents were, who their parents were And so that's why I got into video. I just started to document our trip and this adventure that is the, the adventure of a lifetime. And, uh, so that's, I started doing the YouTube thing like, Oh, I'm going to be a YouTuber and like make money off it and be famous. And, uh, so I do did that and then come to find out you can't make a lot of money doing YouTube unless you're like (laughs) millions of people. Yeah. Huge, huge numbers, which take a long, long time unless you're the select minority. Um, but so doing that i found the passion for creating videos and content and i was like you know what like i really enjoy this like it's fun um let's see if i can't make some money doing it and then i started to and then i'm like wait like i can actually do this kind of like remotely i can go do a shoot and 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 do like shoot the video and then come back to wherever that might be and edit um and like I said, make a good amount of money doing that. So that's what kind of dove me into creating videos and, and videography. And I continue to do the YouTube thing because I wanted a way to document our life and the journeys and the struggles and the highs and the lows for not only me, my wife and our family, but for anybody else that is interested in what we're doing, because there is that, um, small group of people that, uh, I wanted to be completely vulnerable and transparent, like, like, everything we see on Instagram and stuff is, is so edited and so like, uh, um, it, we're, all we're, all we're seeing is the good it's the highlight. Yeah. yeah. And every so often you have that one person that's like, I'm going to be vulnerable and tell you about my struggles. And they're like, I feel like I'm fat, but I weigh 122 It's pretty pounds. fucking crunchy
1: too. The yeah.
0: Amounts. And, uh, so I'm like, you know what, I'm going to just kind of try to be as raw as I possibly can. And no filter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I'm going to try to be as raw as I possibly can and not not just the content but like the struggles that we're going with and I think I've done a pretty decent job kind of like documenting our history but there's still a lot of things that I'm very insecure about mm-hmm. that I haven't told the stories about and I plan to do so um, when I feel like time is appropriate and my yeah. personality allows me to and emotions allow me to do that um, so we still do the YouTube YouTube thing and which created us a, a little bit of a source of income and revenue but
2: Yeah, I think for us doing this podcast, it's kind of the same mentality we have. Like, we understand that we're going to have to, like, kind of open ourselves up and be vulnerable at times. And we don't know who's out there listening. We don't know who's out there, like, years from now that might be listening to this. And so it kind of helps that it's just me and, like, Chad, whoever the guest is. And we're just talking in the microphones because we're not able to see those people. But again, we have people listening that we would never like open up and kind of be that vulnerable to in like real life scenario. And, and, right? yeah, and
1: it's not at the, it's not that we, for any of you listening, it's not that we just don't, don't like you. It's, it's literally, you have those few people in your life and there's only moments. There's, there's specific moments in time, depending on who you're with that that those vulnerable moments open up right so i i remember one of my one of my best friends um you've met him caleb you haven't but eventually you will because he's fantastic uh phil Mm -hmm. we met each other um in college at a great time and he was going through a real rough time in our first two weeks i remember we went out to uh to go eat and he just opened up to me and it definitely helped solidify a solid relationship and then literally i think like three days later or whatever. I'm traveling with him and his family to Talladega, um, and it is the one time I've got absolutely just shit-faced, like crazy. Um, and it was with Phil, and it was just like, from there, it was, holy shit, because of the circumstances of the tough time that you're going through, and you just felt comfortable enough to share that, right, we just developed this weird bond just from circum- like the circumstances. And so... Like to Clay's point, it's much easier to talk about that when you have people on. Or fortunately, Clay and I are close enough to have some of these deep conversations. We have them at the cigar bar in bourbon and over a glass of bourbon and a cigar. And that's what led to this. Again, to reiterate, like that's what led to the podcast. And um, it's just interesting mm-hmm. when you when people do open up, like you. You've you've made multiple points. We've only have we're only seven episodes in, and you've made multiple points that have been in our uh, repeats, repeat points that's been in our episodes, like the, the highlight for Instagram, um, the, the time versus money ratio, uh, you trying to feel like you want to be that big brother figure. Um, I would, I would relate that as wanting to be like a genuine person. Um, just looking out for the others, hoping that they can do good, wanting to open up. And I talked to, I think I mentioned this with Steven, um, Yeah, I think I mentioned it with Steven uh, on his episode that I don't understand why people are so closed off to share what's going through. I get like income, for instance. You don't want to share what you're making and and people get some idea of, of what style of life that you're living. But I'm very open to discussing within a range of what i'm making and how that looks and then here's the moves i've made and have i made the right moves and and just for the benefit of somebody else to learn from
0: i think that's changing like maybe i'm a young naive guy to say that but i feel like that uh that dynamic of of um hush hush yeah like not not being so vulnerable Mm -hmm. and like you have to be strong and, and tough and and like I'm successful and keeping up with the Joneses and stuff I feel like that it with our generation or the generation coming up or whatever um, is kind of like knocking that wall down a little bit more and understanding like the whole mental health thing and how actually valuable that is on like on a relatable day-to-day level and one thing I think that really like clicked with me as far as being okay to be completely vulnerable is I have never done any of this stuff before you both have never done any of this stuff before. At the end of the day, the dude that just drove by in the party bus, he's never lived life before. He doesn't know what the heck he's doing. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're doing. I don't have a freaking clue what I'm doing. Dude, you gotta meet Steven. Steven made the same point. Yeah. Steven, what he said is, you know, at
1: the end of the day, mm-hmm. Steven's super interesting guy. You gotta go listen to his yeah. episode. Um at the end of the day, he goes, uh, you don't have enough, there's not enough time. Life moves so quick. There's not enough time for you to make all the failures that you need to make to, to get this perfect and to get it right. So it's important to try to learn and to, and to listen and, and yeah. to just, you're on your own path and your own route. And, um, and that's what's intriguing to me is we, all these people are on these different paths. You had a different upbringing. Clay and I was, was very similar, but man, when you get somebody, that has the same mindset and they sit and can talk this, they're good, genuine person. And they're just looking for that. Like, what is the meaning behind this? What is this? I don't want to do this corporate world stuff. There's more to this. I, my time to money ratio, it just gets me so fired up of, man, there's this weird energy about it. And, um, I don't know. I just get excited. There's a small tangent to go off of right there. But, um, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, like it's, uh, for me, the whole time thing is, I think very under underrated. Um, I think we're more conditioned to, um, value the things that we have
1: from what, why though from generations before us,
0: I think it's just what we're sold. Like TVs and, and the commercialism, Media? yeah. Like I think you think you need is like
2: peer pressure because you see people that also have nice things. You know, man, I oh, wish. Oh, for sure. Uh, I would a, say yeah.
1: they, they perception of having nice things, like the Instagram and the, the highlights. yeah. Right. Yeah. Who
2: who really owns that Corvette? Is it you or is it right, how, how much is it bank?
0: Right. Yeah. know. I mean, hundred percent. And like, I'm a huge, uh, huge victim of that, or like uh, contributor to that. Like, I don't want to drive a Kia. Because of how I feel driving a Kia, I drive a nice used Lexus because it makes me feel better. And the perception of people, the the perception that people have of me driving my nice Lexus as opposed to my ragged out Miata, mm-hmm. is a lot different. But it's that.
2: A, it's that like mentality of wanting to fit to in, wanting to fit in like that kind of like reptilian mind is like if I don't fit in with these other people. I'm the one that's going to get killed. That's that's really what it boils down to is that like reptilian mindset of, if I'm not the same thing, if I'm not the same as these people here, then I'm the outlier, and I'm the one that's going to get picked off first. I think that's what it kind of...
1: I think we probably have a bigger worry about that. I feel like you've probably grown past maybe more, more of that with... I mean, you had to go out on a limb, sell everything, explain to people what your choice was, and be confident enough that, no, I'm doing the right thing for myself. This is... This is right. When I'm sure you had a ton of negative stuff coming your way, then now to fast forward, just because we're close enough, I know where you're at now. Like, what the hell do you say to those people now of like, kiss my ass? You know, I thank God I did this.
0: Where I'm struggling now with that whole topic and like validation from others is all right. I've done the, the abnormal route. Like I've I've sold everything. I quit the stuff. Like I did a cool adventure. And now I'm like trying to figure out a way to like make money doing what I want to do and like enjoy my time and all that stuff. Um, and now I'm kind of in the process of achieving like decent financial success, like to be able to go buy a house and buy and buy nice cars and like have money to, to do things with. And But that being said, the part that, that gets tricky is I live in a school bus. Like I, I live in a old 2005 school bus that I've rigged out to be quite nice, and I say that right now, trying to get some sense of validation that I'm not just some POS individual that didn't want to work. So I now I'm like trying to to prove to myself by with validation of others that, okay, like this dude completely changed the game and, and did stuff that's not the normal. but I have to steal like from what people see online, They probably think that I'm like living the dream. Mm -hmm. And I'm a lot happier now than I have been in the past three years. But if you look at the past three years, like it looks like I'm doing really cool stuff. But those three years, dude, I will never go back to that point, which is why I'm confident that I'm going to be successful from this point forward. Because those three years were the darkest times that I, like I said, I mean, I, I remember driving in the car with Milo and Emily had like fainted at the Walgreens or whatever and like this huge, like traumatic experience and i can physically fear f- physically feel the vocal cords on how hard i screamed of just being so pissed at life for how rough it was and i will not go to that point so um, now i'm trying to like show and and per- and sell to other to individuals that i've got it kind of like figured out but i also have to have that validation within myself and like show like oh i, I live in a bus but i live in a bus be- but i also have to freedom to do whatever i want right now like I, I, it's not just that I'm able to do what I want to do. You feel but yourself
1: like, trying to convince yourself sometimes of like just this was the right move, and, and yeah, I, I, I try I, I I want to good... receive that validation from other people of like, yeah, man, kudos to you, like that's badass.
0: Yeah, like I, like, in my heart, I know this is the right decision. Yeah, but from what everybody else has, it's not.
1: Well, see, that's the thing, and I think that's what Clay and I found ourselves struggling with. Of, I don't know what a year back or whatever, uh, when we were. Well, we probably got a little bit distant because um, we had this weird competitive nature, and it was you know who do you look at the most? Probably the person that you're closest with, like your closest friend and stuff. And so I feel like whatever Clay and I were doing, Clay get a new job. Damn, he's making a couple grand more than me. You know, ten thousand more than me. Piece of shit. Like he's it's so stupid though. Like, it's so it's stupid, so and it
0: is. It's it's, it's insanely looking stupid.
1: Back, it's like wow. And, and really then like that? if I, oh, I mean,
0: yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, even with Chad and I, like. He's, you uh, we twenty four when you bought a house, and you're like you've got this nice job, and like now you're like doing the good stuff, and you bought your second house, and I'm like shit. Like if only I had my like life together like Chad, and I'm like I could have two houses and a good See, job. See, but what's and, crazy
1: is that's what Stephen Leipzig said on our episode, and he's like, dude, I, he's like I'm looking at you, Chad. Like I'm envious of like what the fuck you've already got these two houses. You're making X amount of income because I was just pretty transparent. Was like here's what I'm making with my with my jobs, and it and I'm like. Well that's fucking crazy Stephen because I look at you and I'm like <laughs> I wish Bro, I had that freedom. <laughs> you made $95,000 at 19 and you had this business that you created that you sold at 22. You had yeah. 12 employees under you. Clay and I have not shit of an idea what it's like to run that sort of a business. What that even entails. And then you know same goes for you like I look at you and I'm like shit it, and especially, I'm sure for Clay, more so than myself, but because um, Clay's so prone to like traveling and going and seeing these places, which Tessa and I are trying to get more into that because it's something we want to do. But man, I, like on your Instagram, I know it's the highlights, but still, it's got to be pretty damn cool to like wake up at Jekyll Highland and just throw your door open or your windows and like you hit, you smell that sea breeze in, and you're just yeah. traveling doing what you want. But
2: that's that's but, pretty cool. But there is something to be said for like the security that this that the kind of lifestyle that we have. Yeah. there's something to be said for that kind of security and knowing it's like okay even though this is the the conformity i guess route the way the route that everybody kind of goes on to like there is some security to that and there is some value to that and it just depends on what kind of person you are and what you value the most going back to that thing what we value the most do you value the security if so then there's nothing wrong with getting a good paying job and like working yourself up that corporate ladder if that's what you value
1: yeah 100 that's what you value
2: yeah if you value having a family and having kids and you want to provide like the lifestyle for them to have a secure and nice life like that there's nothing wrong with that Mm. but you know it's something to be said when you're a single man and you kind of going through this life like What do I value? Like, do I value the security? No, I'm more prone to taking risks. Okay, well, what do I value? Oh, oh, I want to see the world. I want to go out and see what the world has to offer me.
0: Well, I think that also falls under perception, too. And the reason I say that is because you're talking about, like, comfortability Mm -hmm. or, or security. And that is a very skewed topic on both sides of the bridge of, like, the way I look at it is, like, the more artistic route or the more, like, American dream corporate route. Mm-hmm. Um, which there's no right or wrong between either reason like a lot of people have been very successful doing going going through the motions and, and climbing the corporate ladder and like having these things and those things and stuff and being secure but the other side of that is like if and when shit hits the fan is that actually the right is that actually the safe route mm-hmm. or is that actually like the secure route and this is me just like pushing back and kind of like asking these questions cause, devil's advocate yeah yeah and, and because the way I look at it, and no judgment to anybody, um, the way I look at it is like, all right, if I had a house and I had a job and this great recession happens and, and, and the economy tanks or whatever happens and, and I lose my job and I have to pay for this house, back to, to when I had a corporate job and I worked at Discount Tire and had those things, if I lost my job, I couldn't go find any other job making that same amount of money. So that's why we decided to minimize everything possible. We mm-hmm. have no debt. And then that's what decided us to do the bus. Because now the way I look at it is I only have to make 1500 bucks a month to live. That includes insurance. That includes gas. That includes my car payment. That includes food. That's everything. It is a, it is a lot easier to make 1500 bucks a month than it is to do whatever else with a corporate job or not mm-hmm. a corporate job or whatever. So it's like- all right, the way I, I, me and this bus, like, I don't have any utility bills, right. I don't have any, like, uh, I don't have, um, a water bill, I don't have an electricity bill, like, I've got to pay gas when I decide to go something, go somewhere, like, today, driving out here cost me 40-something dollars, because it's $5 a gallon. <laughs> Damn, we yeah. we covered the beers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, dude,
1: yeah, no, I mean, yeah, gas is, like, crazy right now,
0: totally different subject. So, it, it all just depends on the route that you want, but... I'm very envious of you with having a house and the fact that you've got this place that you can go and you don't have to worry about making sure that I've got this lady signing this contract that I sent over nine hours ago. Like, there's a lot of highs and lows between it. Yeah, but,
2: like, you just said the word envious, and you probably didn't mean it that way, but, like, you shouldn't be able... You shouldn't be envious, you know, for us, and we shouldn't be envious of you. We should... Be, be share happy. With, I, I would say share with each other our experiences and be happy for each other that we're going through these life and experiencing these
1: different which things is, which is and then learn from that. Which I will say takes effort. Like it's not just it a It takes It is not a, a, a normal instinctive Man I'm so fucking proud for you, Caleb. This is badass, you know? I don't think so. I, I and I think um the the best way <sighs> Uh, I'm trying to put this in the best words because like you just said it it's not like the envious I was going to actually bring up the same the same topic when you just said that cuz I don't want you to feel envious like we're on our own fucking path,
0: right? So maybe envious was the the wrong word to use, but I I in my what I'm thinking right now and what's going through my mind is no, I am envious. I am envious in the fact that you guys have a house and you guys have this and that and this and that like your cars are newer than my cars and and you have a a big space but that being said i'm not ending this in the route of which you guys took Mm -hmm. so that means that i'm going to work really really hard like i'm currently doing so that i have a nice big house in the next coming months and a nice newer car in the next coming year and i'm going to continue to push myself because i don't think we will be as successful if we don't have those envious drives, those I ambitions so I will, to go. I will say, there's the there's the competitive nature to it. Yeah. So I think I think, I think yeah. some
2: competitive nature is healthy. But what is that line between competitiveness and, and jealousy? In that jealousy and and there's a Clay, fine line Clay right there. Clay and I
1: hit that line. <laughs> we definitely did, right? I remember. Yeah, yeah. I remember at the restaurant we actually walked out and and yeah. our buddy James drove away. And I just felt like, all right, now it's time to have a conversation. I think Clay had the exact same because I was like, "Hey, man, like, I don't want to hold you up or anything, but I think we need to have a talk." Which kudos to you and I for for manning up and manning an up and just saying, "Let's fucking have the conversation." Yeah. And I think at that point is where you and I both learned a very valuable lesson that man, I'm so tired of feeling. Oh, either of us feeling beneath the other, as far as like what we've done and our quality of like, you know, he's doing better than me. And we have our own paths. And at that point I was just like, dude, I just want to be at the end of the day. Uh, and it was tough. You had, I had to put effort in, but dude, you're like best friend. I just want to be happy for you and yeah. proud that you did purchase that house. You and Neely are crushing it. You're doing these things. Um, Caleb, I want to be happy that you're like, kicking ass and you're doing these different like revenue streams which we're going to get into because i think it's crazy but like seriously when you first like what a month ago or a month and a half ago started telling me kind of what you've got in the works i was just like man i got a phone i was just like that's fucking awesome because at the end of the day too when i look like what do i want to look back on and i think of this very frequently i don't know if everybody else does but i always put myself of like man if i'm 88 years old or 85 whatever it's like i'm sitting on deathbed i'm sick you know you're going to be sitting there thinking reflecting on your life right where every all the steps you came from what do you regret if you have any regrets 100% and my biggest thing I don't it's not going to be the the materialistic items that shit don't come with us when we when we pass away but what I think I'm going to value the most what I know I value the most is I'm going to value experiences and then when do you have what what leads to great experiences um I think it's people that you have around you that you decide to, these, these people are worth my effort. They're worth my, uh, just having that like love and that generosity of, of man, I'm so fucking proud of you. You're such a genuine person. I want to like be your, your cheerleader, your fan. Yeah. Um, And yeah, it is tough. I, I don't know if anybody else out there listening, like has found themselves like struggling with looking at that as far as like, man, I'm so jealous of this person or damn, why the fuck isn't this cool stuff happening to me? Um, but yeah, I will say it takes effort. Well, but once you develop the habit, yeah, it it comes it's fairly start, easy. You
2: start feeling the change, you and you hit on a very change. key point when you said, when you're 85 years old and you're looking back, that is a huge thing for me. That I constantly keep in the front of my mind is like, okay, when I'm 85 years old and I'm looking back on my life, what will I want to be? What would I want to tell myself at this point in my life? And unfortunately, I think a lot of people they don't self reflect like that until they reach that point. But what needs to happen is when you are 26 or 25 or whatever age you are and you're this young, you need to have the mental, I guess, strength or the willpower to like be able to see into the future, see you in the future looking back to the point that you're at now and kind of have that self-reflection from that manner. Because over the past years, ever since COVID has came through and all that stuff, um, what you just said, Chad – at that point in my life when we had that conversation you know that was probably one of the darkest times I had in my life but a lot of self-reflection went in that time period and I've come out on the other end I feel like a better better person right. for it like so, what
1: what could you build from it I remember Caleb I'll let you I uh when you had mentioned like dude and you didn't get into any details but you were just like I'm in a really rough spot right now like I'm, I'm like that I remember on my drive home I was like man shit i didn't even know he's struggling like i consider myself extremely close to him i didn't even know he's in a struggle and and, and that's what also opened up like
2: i feel then, like i feel it, like planted the seed for this podcast honestly yeah well, it planted the seed and it kind of grew throughout the year
1: yep i agree and it, and it uh man i was driving home and i was just like that is that planted the seed is perfect because that almost just got the initial thought rolling for me of like why didn't he share that he was struggling and then i had to ask myself like would i share with him well fuck no because i don't want to seem like i'm going through a struggle because it's that competitive nature you don't want to seem like you're yeah you, you know or if you were wrong. him would you share right exactly and so then it was just like a a weird snowball effect of man this is this is a, a different way and clay and i we talked about it in the other podcast and i'm interested to see your point and then um whatever you wanted to mention but uh we talk about the early twenties. Yeah. We are talking about the early to mid twenties. Um, on the last couple of podcasts, I think, is like mental puberty versus your like <laughs> early teenage years I love being that physical. Phrase, physical. It, it literally is like how much do you think you developed as a person from eighteen to twenty four? And then and then the next two years after that when you're traveling with Emily and everything that you learned being with your wife and like what you built on. Um and probably continue to, but, but to really set the stage for you as a person in your trajectory forward, I think that is probably the, the main years that, that you build yourself and form as here's how I'm going to develop and move forward as a person. My personal opinion, just cause that's what I've seen. But, um,
0: yeah, no, I think so. That's an interesting question and I'm, I'm pretty happy with the path that I've gone as far as age age range and the things that I've done within those uh, age ranges. Because um, from 18 to 24, I was just working. I was just working super hard, trying to make a bunch of money. And then something changed and I was like, you know what, this isn't it. And then from 24 to 28, I was just trying everything trying as many different things as I possibly could. Just throwing everything at the wall, seeing what sticks. Pretty much, and knowing that I'm not going to settle for anything less than what I want to do, um, which made it super, super hard, because I could have totally, totally just gone back to Discount Tire, and I'd probably be a manager now. I'd probably making three times as much money as I'm currently <laughs> making. And Miserable. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Um, but I... Uh, so... Twenty twenty four 24 to 28 i was just trying a bunch of things and uh deciding the fact that i think one thing that was really tricky with that age range is like i dove deep into uh like working for myself like i didn't want to work for somebody else i just did not want to do it i didn't want anybody else to be in control of when i went to lunch i didn't want them to tell me when i had to go on vacation. I do not want to tell me how many days of vacation I could have. I don't want to feel bad if I didn't want to show up at work at nine and I wanted to show up at 12. So I'm like, you know what? The only way I know to do that is to be in control of what I do and how I make my money. Um, so that's when I decided I was like, you know what? Like I can't work for somebody else, which is probably kind of naive of me, but it's working out so far. Um, but uh, so that was 20, 20, 24 to 28. Now I'm at a point that I am pretty confident in my abilities and the fact that, like I said, those three years were just so terrible that I know how hard I work, and I know the people that I've seen around me and how hard they work, that I will be successful. Um, it, and it's just that feeling of um, confidence, I guess. That's got to be, be
2: such a great feeling after like four years of what you said was like just constant doubt oh like, for sure right now looking back it's like oh my god it made those years definitely worth
0: it like I know my family will be provided for it might not be in the way that I want financially yet because we all want the big house and the fancy cars and the, the boats and the toys and like I I want to buy like four dirt bikes right now but I can't <laughs> um <laughs> But you want to pull that whistling diesel energy? Yeah, out there, man. Dude. I would, I was watching his stuff yesterday, and I was Shit like, "Shit, man, <laughs>
1: whistling diesel." We'll have you on the podcast. Gonna at your ass on this. Fucking listen to it. Uh, you know, I, I know the guy that like cleared his land. Yeah, you told me that. Interesting. Mm-hmm. He's like right down the road from here. Yeah. his property. I was watching his stuff the other day. Did you watch his new thing? Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Dude's got he's four, four highlights. Boss. Yeah,
0: mm. boss. Um <laughs> Yeah, he's badass. But. Um, yeah, so I just knew like that I was, um, like I said, I might not be the, the financially successful that I want to be, but I know that I will continue to be in control of what I do, when I do it, and uh, what I do.
1: See, I think at, at that point, we neither, I don't want to speak for you, myself, don't fully feel that. I'm in the, I'm in the pathway of trying to make that happen. But damn... I don't want to go through as much risk as you went through, and so I'm taking the more the longer road around mm-hmm. of trying to get some things set up that are a little bit more. Um, just from a economic perspective, they've been proven right of like yeah. real estate, the real estate yeah, purchase yeah. A second house. And there's nothing wrong wrong with that. I um, and and honestly, kudos to you. I've talked to Clay about this countless times, even before like, even without you coming up of just like man. I wish we almost had bigger balls about ourselves to go out and just fucking take the risk. Like, why don't we think, why are we so doubtful or whatever of what's, what could happen? But, um, no, I think it's very impressive, man. And then, um, just to kind of segue into, we talked about your FJ cruiser, but we've mentioned the bus a couple of times and we're going to post about what we're sitting in, which is your bus, the bus, <laughs> Let's. Well, I love that. Thank you, Clay. Um, and, and it's quite the like. You've done a badass job. Thank you. I appreciate
0: that. I want. That's what I was going for.
1: Talk about. You, you guys. You came back, FJ Cruiser. What led you to purchase this 2005? You mentioned right, 2005 bus, and completely convert this into a rolling little home for you and your family.
0: So back up a little bit doing the back road purpose trip making videos emily and i are just enjoying life we're at month nine state thirty four thirty five, moab utah
1: you said uh not to cut you off but you said the back road purpose trip what is
0: back road purpose so back road purpose is like our actual i guess handle or youtube channel or like if you search backward purpose on the internet will pop up and that's us badass and that's us and all of our stories and all the things that will tie you to who I am and who if we you are. search uh, Kendra Spears Podcast
1: on the internet we don't pop up but soon to be we just need the five star ratings from you guys go ahead and make sure you do
0: that and there it is go ahead <laughs> <laughs> you get those plugs no shame no shame <laughs> yeah. um, so we hour. did the backward purpose trip and like I said month nine state 34-35 Emily pees on a stick and an outhouse and coming to find out she's pregnant after being told we couldn't have kids, uh, the day we closed on our house, she had her last doctor visit because our insurance was getting cut from my job. Hmm. So she had that, and the doctor said, hey, you're not able to have kids. And that guy was a freaking liar. Um, so Emily was like, the fuck you say? Yeah, like life completely changes when somebody tells you you can't do something. Yep. At least least, our purposes, in our instances. Um, so when you say you can't have kids, you have to like reevaluate how you're going to spend your time, what are you going to do? Like, oh yeah we want to have kids like we just sold all of this because we wanted to be more family oriented and um, so that story happened Um, then after finding out we're pregnant we just basically rushed back to Nashville and I get a job uh, working at my father-in-law's restaurant just grinding away like that was uh, hopes and dreams to turn that into something bigger and better but it was a very good learning curve in a lot of ways Um, waking up at one thirty, two 2 o'clock in the morning, going to the restaurant, working 12 hours, getting home at 4, and then still doing the YouTube thing, understanding that videography is a good way of making money. I can do it wherever. So I'd, get, I'd wake up at 2, go to the restaurant, work 12 hours, get home at 4, do like a 30, 40-minute power nap, and then I would edit for like the next 6 or 8 hours just trying to pump out videos for YouTube, trying to like make some kind of money off that platform. And within doing that... Um, I accumulated a pretty decent skill so then that once the restaurant wasn't really going to work out then I ended up working with my dad and Emily and I went out to Philadelphia with our newly born two month old little boy Milo and I worked with him because he's in like digital media digital media marketing and online presence stuff so learned a lot doing that and then that wasn't really going to work out the way that we had hoped and envisioned but in the process of continuing to do videos and make money with that, working with my dad, we're like, hey, we're constantly driving back between Nashville and Philadelphia. So like, what if we did like a little camper to make this trip over um, 12 hours, turn it into something that's a lot more comfortable, um, and we could do it over two or three days? They're so like, all right, well, we could buy a camper for, like I don't know, $50,000. Well, we can't afford that because we're new parents and freelance and trying to like make money. Um, So we're like, all right, well, what's a cheaper way of doing that? A van. Well, vans are really, really expensive, and those aren't quite as big as what we'd want as far as the comfortability for a family of three. So then we decided to get a bus, and that was only going to be like a five-window, six-window look, little short bus. And I was like, all right, so we'll build this out to live out of and then like grow from there. And then we're like, well, that's stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Why would you buy a five-window bus when you can get a 14-window bus, go from 20 feet to 40 foot? So then we looked at full-size buses, and then we decided, you know what, let's turn this into a full-time thing. And instead of me driving three hours to go do a video shoot, film all day, and then three hours back, six hours in the car, why don't we show up on, like, Tuesday, like, I don't know, camp out and enjoy life and time and like with the family and the wife. And, uh, well, with my wife being in the family because she is my family <laughs> and then uh them do the shoots and then leave and like you know what have a little more freedom so then i was like all right so we bought the bus started documenting the bus and doing that whole thing they come to find out i really enjoy building things and like making stuff with my hands doing the physical labor and and turning nothing into something and uh yeah so now i uh have converted i convert school buses in for a living Woo. This is awesome, too. (laughs) So you've made your bus. I've made made my bus. You've
1: you've made your bus that your family hangs out with.
0: Yes. And when I was building our bus, I I knew we were going to tell people that we lived in a school bus. And I knew that their their vision, at least my idea that they were going to have for a vision, was that they're expecting some raggedy-looking school bus that was retired and just sitting in a field for a long time. And then we bought it. And then grabbed like my mother-in-law's couch, our old mattress, and threw it in there. And now we live in it. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's what I was expecting people to think when I said I live in a school bus. So within designing ours and the lay and the layouts and the functionality behind it, I wanted somebody that made upwards of a hundred thousand dollars a year to walk into our bus and be like, "Holy cow, this thing is nice. I could totally see myself living in this," because they would just go and buy an RV or they would have like a nice house and they would do vacations and stuff, somewhat of that financial status. So I wanted to, to appeal to that higher market. So my goal with designing our bus was that someone that made hundred to $150,000 a year would be like interested in having a bus built. So when we built ours, I wanted it to be as nice as you possibly could as cheap as you possibly could.
1: Yeah, you want to make it marketable. So
0: I think that's probably a great place because we know
1: this is going to run over what our typical episode links are. But we're going to make this a couple of parters probably. We're going to make it probably three parts. So you're probably listening to part two right now. We're going to cut it right here, save you some time. And Caleb, I want to continue this conversation. Let's talk about the businesses that you have created um, or, or, or what you have done. Because uh, it's very intriguing. And I think it's pretty exciting to see what you're already doing. So, Clay, anything you want to, since this is going to be an end of an episode, anything you want to drop in there?
2: I swear, y'all better go listen to part three right now. Don't even hesitate.
1: Just go right into it right now. And make sure you're responding to our fucking stories on Instagram.
2: Yeah. Come on. All right, that's it. We're <laughs> in it. We're
1: in it. <laughs>